permission to do what you desire to do. We pray that our minds, hearts, and souls may be full of soul, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate the scriptures, convict and console our hearts, speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. This cry of Philip really is the cry of the human heart. Whether we utter it consciously or not, it is, it is the deep, deep cry of the human heart. Show us the Father. Show us God the Father, and that will be enough for us. It is a different way of expressing what, what so many saints have said, that the church continues to proclaim that at the core of our very, very beings is a fundamental longing of the human heart to be loved. To be loved as a son or a daughter, and then to love in return is this desire to be loved and affirmed for, for who we are, and then to be able to give the gift to love in return. And so to say this is, is the same way to say, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Why is this important? Why specifically is so saying, show us the Father? Father Joseph Langford, who was a very dear friend of Mother Teresa and a co-founder of the Missionary of Charity Fathers. Many people know about Mother Teresa and the Missionary of Charity Sisters, but there is a group of men connected to the order. The Missionary of Charity Fathers are smaller, um, but, but they're present. So Father Langford, the, the founder of the Missionary of Charity Fathers, and just a deep, deep friend and companion of Mother Teresa. And he has this to say, he says, Our image of God as Father dictates and forms who we are. And I'll say that again. Our image of God as Father, meaning how we believe, what we think, in the very core of our being, of who God is as Father, it dictates and forms who we are. We will become like the God whose image that we have. And so if you think of this, then if we believe God, and all of us have a distorted image of God, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, that after the fall, Adam and Eve are hiding from God. Why? Because sin has caused them to have a distorted image of who God is. That he's no longer a loving father. But he is now an adversary in some way. He is now in some way uh, a tyrant who wants to, to press this. So they have this distorted image. And so we, we too, living in, in the reality post-original sin and dealing with original sin ourselves, have this distorted image of who God is. And so it's important for us to, for that image to be healed. Because our image of God as Father dictates and forms who we are. So if we believe 
that God is this tyrant on some level or uh, very demanding, then we see ourselves more as, as servants or slaves, not sons or daughters. This is why St. Paul is like proclaiming in his writings, you have not received the spirit of fear to fall back, excuse me, yeah, spirit to fall back into slavery. You've not received the spirit of fear to fall back into slavery like that. It's not your identity, but you have received the spirit of adoption, which we cry out, Abba. This is so, so important because when we heal the image of the Father, right, when we understand God rightly, then it heals the image of who we are. Because if I see him as this tyrant, then I see myself as a servant or a slave. But if I see him as a loving father, then I, I can accept myself and my true identity as a son or daughter. So we, we see in this too, and Jesus is, is trying to, to continue to preach and to teach this to his disciples, that you know, what father, what parent would give their son or daughter a stone when he asks for an egg, or a scorpion when he asks for a fish. If you who are evil, right, he says, if you who are wicked know how to give good things to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good things, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Like, this is what the Father longs to give. Jesus is acknowledging in this statement that we have a distorted image of who God is. And so even us, like even if the goodness in our hearts, as we're fallen sinners, even the goodness in our hearts, we know to give good gifts to our children. And today on this Mother's Day, it, it comes to the fore all the more. And how much more, how much more will the Father want to give good gifts? Want to give the very Holy Spirit His very interior life? to us. Now, have there ever been a time when you thought of that statement, like, do I really believe that about God? Or do somehow I believe that I have to jump through all these hoops, that I have to convince God to love me, that I have to convince God to bless me, that I have to perform a certain way in order for the, love, the Lord to open up grace and pour it into my life? It's a distorted image of God. It's a Pelagian image of God. It's not the image that Christ comes to give us. So where do we see the Father? How can we see Him? This question that Philip is asking, this question that all of us are asking, when Jesus says it clearly, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you were with us in that holy week, and still since then, this, this amazing image of looking at Jesus' heart, Jesus' heart, pierced and risen. That from there, a fountain of mercy comes, and actually divine light comes. This fountain of mercy, if you look at the image of divine mercy, it is, it is a shedding of light. It is an enlightenment of who the Father is. It is to look and gaze upon and meditate upon the heart of Jesus. When we say look upon his heart, it's his entire life. 
Because his heart is the very core of who Christ is. And so to gaze upon his heart is to look at everything who Jesus was and everything that Jesus did because it all flowed from his heart. So it's praying with the entirety of the Gospels. It's praying with the entirety of the Scriptures. It's praying with the entirety of, of the teaching of the Church and gazing upon the heart of Jesus, of contemplating everything about Him and who He was. It becomes an illumination, an enlightenment of the heart of the Father. If we want to know who the Father is, we look upon Christ. And to look upon Christ is to look upon the Scriptures, to look upon the teaching of the Church, to look upon also the saints. It's to look upon the saints as well. This is where we also see an image of the heart of the Father. Why? Because the saints, are, they gave themselves over to loving the Lord and loving their neighbor in such a way that, that whatever was not of the Lord right, was continually just purified and they became more and more like the Lord. All of us are created in God's image and likeness. And through the fall and through sin, we lose our likeness to God, but we retain the image. But as we turn ourselves over to the life of grace, and as we cooperate uh, more, more generously with the life of grace, through reception of the sacraments, through acts of charity, through repentance and forgiveness of our sins, then it is this configuring of our heart. It is this transfiguring of our heart and our very beings more like Christ. More like Christ. In Galatians 2.20, St. Paul have been crucified with Christ, right? Have been, been converted with the Lord. It is no longer I who live, but him who lives in me. So all of the saints are some unique, particular manifestation of Jesus. Because, because none of us can image the Lord perfectly in and of ourselves, so that there is an innumerable amount, right, of, of, of people whom the Lord has created to be a particular facet of His image. So you could think of a diamond. They say if you take a diamond and, and you turn it, every single turn of the diamond is, is like a perfect and you see something different. It's like a different view. Just every single turn is this beautiful, unique view of this diamond. The saints are the same way. That is like every saint is like a particular turn of the heart of Jesus. That we see something different. That we see something particular about the heart of Christ. And so St. Augustine, or St. Therese, St. Zaylee Martin, St. Gian. These wonderful women. All of these wonderful men. Who are they? They're their particular image of who Christ is, of his heart. And then therefore, if they image Christ, and Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, then they image the Father as well. All of the saints reveal to us the heart of Jesus, and then therefore reveal to us the heart of the Father. And so if we want to know who the Father really is. When we look at Christ, primarily and first, we also gaze upon the saints because they too are an image of Jesus and therefore an image of the Father. And when we encounter them in truth, 
It begins to teach us who we are. And then we can move down even uh, another step. The body of Christ. The living stones today that we, we read about in the scriptures. Ourselves. When we love God well, when we love others well, we too image Christ. And therefore, image the heart of the Father. I think today of mothers. Mothers have just this unique grace, this unique gift given to them by God, this unique role and vocation. That, that their hearts, right, is this unique thing about a mother's heart that, that has a particular tenderness to it, that has a particular strength to it, that has a particular courage to it, has a particular attentiveness. Attentive. Mother's hearts are attentive to their children. And when mothers love us well through their gentleness, through their strength, through their courage, through their attentiveness, then they, they reveal to us through suffering well. Mothers suffer well with their children. When they do this, they reveal to us, mothers, you reveal to us a particular facet of the heart of Jesus and therefore a particular facet of the heart of the Father. No mother does this perfectly. None of us do this perfectly. But, but the Lord uses us in this way. And we long for it. And we know that when we have encountered love, whether it be through our mother, whether it be through someone else in our life who has loved us well, then, then there's a healing component to that. When we feel known and accepted and loved and cared for, there's a healing component to that. And it actually begins to like heal our image of who God is. And so, brothers and sisters, we come today, let us, we come to this mess, let us be aware of Philip's cry and our cry. Jesus, show us the Father. And that will be enough for us. Let that be our prayer. Let us pray with the scriptures. Because it is Christ himself, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Let us pray with the scriptures. Let us pray with the teaching of the church. Let us, let us pray with the saints. Let us thank the Lord for the people in our life who reveal his heart to us. And then, brothers and sisters, let us strive eagerly for our own conversion. Let us strive eagerly for our own conversion. Not that my effort is primary. God's grace, His gift is primary. But, but my, my, my eager cooperation through repentance, through the reception of the sacraments, through acts of charity, so that other people will come to encounter the heart of Christ through my life. And then therefore, right, healing, healing the image of God, healing the image of the Father, so that they can come to know themselves as sons and daughters. Like last week, the way we live our life, if we are attentive to the voice of the Good Shepherd, if we, we look at how he lived, 
who he was in the lives of the saints. And then through cooperation with grace, we configure, see, to configure our lives through deeper and deeper repentance and conversion to the heart of Jesus, to the voice of the good shepherd. Then it images, it images who God is. And people come to know themselves as sons and daughters. This is our call. Now, this does not mean, right, false mercy, false compassion. Love only exists in the truth. And so to deny a difficult teaching of the church because we, we're seeking to be compassionate, whatever it is, that is a false image of the Father. Sometimes when we love, it is painful. Which again is not an excuse to the other extreme, just to, to speak the hard truth just because. And to place it as a heavy burden. But to be configured, right, to go in prayer, to be configured to the heart of Jesus, that the person knows that they are loved, that they knows that they, they, they know that they are cared for, and then I can speak a difficult truth. It is the if it is the time and the place to do so, even if it's piercing, even if it's difficult, even if they walk away for a while. Because I, I, I need to be coming with the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father does not deny sin, but he's, he's merciful. He meets sin with love, in truth. Where do we find that? In Christ. The adulterous woman. They wanted to stone her. He did not condemn her. He forgave her. But he told her, go and sin no more. So Jesus comes to us in our sin. Not with condemnation. But with the fullness of his mercy. Revealing to us the heart of the Father. And then calls us to conversion. And as we experience that conversion in our life. Like the saints. More and more. We can image the heart of Christ to others. And therefore the heart of the Father. Because how we view God as Father determines who, how we view ourselves. And if we heal the image of the Father by looking at Christ, by looking at the saints, then we heal the image of ourselves. Jesus, show us the Father and that will be enough for us.